Welcome to the Details of Life with Marcus Wilson, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Marcus Wilson, and we have another great podcast for you today. Uh, a great person, great coach, someone I got to meet while I was coaching at SLU, Coach Lisa Stone, the women's basketball coach at St. Louis University. And so, uh, like I said, not only is she a great person, her accolades in coaching are incredible. If you know anything about women's basketball, you should know um, what Coach Stone has done. If you haven't, I'm going to tell you a little bit before we bring her on. So uh, she got her start at a very young age was at Cornell College. First three years there, or only three years there, made it to the, uh, won the conference conference championship all three years. Left there, went on to Wisconsin, all clear. She's from Wisconsin, so got back closer to home. Went there, and let me get my stats right. Uh, went there and led them to a 277-59 and 59 record over 12 years. 11 tournament appearances in 12 years. Won conference coach of the year five times and led her team to 28 straight victories in the 1999-2000 season. Um, after that, she went on to Drake and won 23 games en route to a NCAA tournament appearance and also got MVC Coach of the Year while she was there. And so in 2001, they won the MVC cha regular season championship and went on to two NCAA uh, tournament appearances while she was there. And so after that, elevated from Drake to Wisconsin, Big Ten, right, the, you know, back, back home in Wisconsin and, uh, for her first three years there, had turned the program around and then won a school record 23 games and finished second in the WNIT, women's NIT, right? So I want to get to my notes here because I don't want to mess this up because this is pretty amazing to me. After two more WNIT appearances, Wisconsin squad, 2009-2010 squad, posted a 21-11 record, tied for third in the Big Ten and went to the NCAA tournament. She was then named Big Ten Coach of the Year. All is well, right? The Badgers again tied for third in the Big Ten in 2010-2011 and participated in the WNIT again. Her reward for all that success? She was fired. Yeah, fired. Fired after five straight postseason tournament experiences. Four WNITs, one NCAA tournament. The reason is, Athletic Director Barry Alvarez said, our women's basketball program has not reached and maintained the level of success I believe is possible. Barry, I know you're a great football coach and had some success there as an AD. That has to be one of your worst uh, decisions ever. Because since her firing, in nine seasons since, since Wisconsin let Coach Stone go, they have not made it to the postseason, not once. They haven't had one winning season, not even one regular season with a winning record. They have finished 11th, 12th, or 13th in eight out of the nine seasons since she's left. And the only year they finished better than that, they finished ninth. And that was the year after she got fired. So the new coach is really playing with her players, right? After then, it's been all downhill. So, you know, I, that was, she's had a tremendous amount of success. But like they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Coach Stone uh, came over to St. Louis University, and she inherited a program that had, had nine straight losing seasons. By her fourth season, she led St. Louis to a 26-8 and eight record and the program's first Atlantic 10 regular season title and went to the third round of the WNIT. She, she also has had St. Louis's first All-American, Jackie Kemp. I got a chance to watch her play. She was an awesome point guard. Uh, Coach, Coach Stone also won A-10 Coach of the Year and College Sports Madness High Major Coach of the Year. And in 2016-17, they had another very successful season, going 25-9. and nine. So just in, in summary, she's won three conference championships, two uh, Division II National Coach of the Year's honors in 97 and, and 2000 was MVC Coach of the Year in 2001, Big Ten Coach of the Year 2010, and A-10 Coach of the Year in 2016. So it, it, it makes me think, 
when ADs are looking for coaches to hire, you have to wonder why they don't seek out people that have tremendous success, and especially those that came to a program that were struggling, turned it around, and then when they left, they started struggling again. So it's pretty clear what the common denominator was. So, for example, you look at a coach like Rick Majerus. He was at Ball State. And you guys remember Ball State when they played UNLV, I believe that in 1990. UNLV was running through everybody. Ball State gave them their toughest challenge in the Sweet 16 that year. Went on to Utah. Took Utah to the Final Four. Utah hasn't been to the Final Four since. Came to St. Louis University. Recruited guys that that became the all-time winningest class in St. Louis history. Uh, The team made it. uh, we, We were ranked in the top 10 off of his players. right? So you see guys like that. And you just wonder, like you, Brad Stevens, another example. Butler was literally a mid-major. They weren't what they are now. They were mid-majors. And then he shows up. They make it to two straight national championship games. Coach Stone goes places. They had been, you know, Wisconsin takes them to five straight champion. I mean, five straight postseason tournaments after. Not one. SLU had nine straight losing seasons. Now they're winning 20-something games, and they would have gone. Now she's been to the, uh, the tournament at SLU a postseason tournament three out of four years, and it would have been four out of five years had this season not been interrupted by the, uh, by the COVID-19 virus because they were well on their way to the probably the WNIT. And so you have to wonder what ADs are thinking when they're looking for hires. I know if I was an AD right now looking for a women's coach, I would be luring her away. No disrespect to the SLU people and uh, Chris May. Chris May, you did a great job hiring Coach Lisa Stone, and I know that the facilities at SLU are top-notch, so it would probably take a pretty penny to lure her away because she has a, she has a role in there. So we talk about that. We talk about her time at SLU, you know, her progression from D3 all the way up to D1 right now, her stops, what she looks for when she's building a team. Uh, very interesting conversation on what it's like to have to tell these kids, you know what, we were going to the postseason play, and now all of it just ends so abruptly. And we talked about a lot of other things, her excitement about the team next year and how this COVID-19 thing is affecting summer recruiting and being able to evaluate players. So a lot of good things coming up here. So without further ado, let's listen to Coach Stone. Welcome to the Details of Life, ladies and gentlemen. As I just mentioned, my next guest is St. Louis University head women's basketball coach, Coach Lisa Stone. How are you doing, Coach Stone? I'm doing great. How are you, Marcus? I am awesome. It's good to connect with you again. I haven't had a chance to see you much since I left SLU, but uh, it's good to connect with you again and catch up on some of the things that you got going on here. So we'll go ahead and dive right in. So I know a little bit about your background and I kind of preface it a little bit, but how about you tell the people a little bit about, you know, where you're from and some of the coaching stops you've made before you arrived at SLU. Well, I, I started off at a very young age. I, uh, I, was, I was very fortunate. Um, I played at the University of Iowa for Coach Vivian Stringer uh, from 1980 to 1984. So that's, that's, long, that's 40 years ago. It's a long time. Yeah. I'll be entering my 35th year as a head coach next year. But I started at Division Three. I started at a, a small college called Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, which was 19 miles north of Iowa City. And I would drive back and forth and take grad classes um, during that time and, and got my master's in a year while I was coaching basketball, softball, softball. I played slow pitch in the summer, but that they needed a softball coach, so I did that too. Um, I did, uh, then I taught anatomy, physiology, biomechanics, and athletic training. I'm... 22 years old. I just graduated. Um, the seniors on my very first team that I coached were actually born a year ahead of me. So I, and I was single at the time, so I had to separate at early age coach and player and they wanted to be my friends and they're still very dear to my heart because that's where I started my career. So I was there for three years at Cornell College. We won the South Division. The first year I was there, 
the previous year they were 0 and 25 and we went 13 and 13 in my first year and I thought I was Pat Summit, which I was not. Um, and you just kind of learn as you go. So from there, I, we were there for three years. I was there for three years. Then I got married and I got married in between. We moved up to Wisconsin. Yeah. We were at Wisconsin Eau Claire. Um, University of Wisconsin Eau Claire was a much bigger school than Cornell. Cornell had 800 students. And at the time, I believe the enrollment at, at uh, Eau Claire was right, you know, upwards of 13,000. So it was a big state school. And there I did have to teach as well. I taught a lot of the wellness classes, nutrition classes. I did teach an anatomy class, a biomechanics class up there as well. And believe me, that's not because I'm brilliant. It's just that that came with the job description. And we started, we raised our family there. We were there for 12 years and uh, we had a lot of success at Eau Claire. And, and that actually spearheaded my next jump, which went from division three to division one. I. I went to Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. And now I'm in the Missouri Valley, a very, very, um, very good program. Their head coach went to Iowa, and uh, that's where I played, so that's really kind of a weird twist, but I was at Drake. We took the Drake job. Uh, my daughter, Allie, was going into the third grade, and my son, Tyler, was going into kindergarten, so a kind of a good time to move your family. My husband's a CPA, and uh, can do that from anywhere, obviously, right now during this time, and uh, we were there for three years. Uh, we went to the uh, Sweet 16 my second year there, and you know, success breeds success, and then you get some attention. And Marcus, you know this through the coaching network that, you know, you, you, you some things happen. I was able to coach USA Basketball during that time. I'd never been a Division One coach. I had 15 years of Division Three experience, never been an assistant, was always a player's coach. And I was at Drake, and uh, we had some success, and, and therein lies lots of opportunities. Um, had some great opportunities to, to, to look at some big-time programs, but I stayed there for three years. And then the Wisconsin job came open, and I'm from right outside of Madison, Wisconsin, and in the Big Ten, and kind of a place I dreamed of as a player actually playing there, yeah. and uh, never played there, but uh, got a chance to be the head coach there for eight years. And, you know, we finished third in the Big Ten. We had great success, um, really great success, and, and unfortunately, uh, they won a little bit more, and uh, we were let go. In the year that in between, yeah, we were, we had a really good class coming in. We finished third in the Big Ten, uh, and... Uh, went to postseason um, a number of years while we were there and it just just was it just it's part of it so yeah um, we uh, decide as a family now we live in Madison my kids are in high school at the time and uh, my, my my daughter just graduated high school and my son was still there so we took a year I took that gap year and I did TV for a year and this this face is not a TV face but um, I did work for uh, uh, a little bit of ESPN and, and Big Ten Network, and it was it was awesome. I was able to go to a lot of practices, men's and women's practices, and connect with both men and women's coaches in the Big Ten, and and sit back and learn and, and reevaluate. And my family is the one that said, "Mom, you're driving us nuts. You need to get back on the court." So I went back, um, kind of just stayed back. And I great advice by Tom Izzo and Tom Crean at the time was at Indiana. Just said, "Lisa, you just be patient." Um, and don't just take a job to take a job, and I and I was, and so uh, Chris May was very diligent in his pursuit of me. Um, to you know, he called me a number of times. I visited St. Louis a number of times, and uh, I had been in Chaffetz Serena. I'm like, wow, this place is amazing, and the program was was in need of a new direction. And I had just turned 50 years old, and my daughter's in college. My son was going to be a senior in high school, so my husband and my son stayed up in Madison and allowed my son to finish school up there, and I moved to St. Louis. And I uh, turned down some other opportunities. I came to St. Louis because my thought was I turned 50 and I wanted to do something that's never been done in a program and uh, try to turn this program around. And Marcus, you know where the program was. And, and uh, 
we've, we've done a decent job of, of getting it to where it is right now. And I'm very proud of that as I enter, I just finished my eighth season here, but that first year I was, you know, I'm a mom too. And uh, my husband and my son are at home and I'm used to doing laundry and, you know, making lunches and, and going to games. And I'm down in St. Louis all by myself. I live downtown, which is great for me. I went running around the arch park every morning and, and uh, that's where I first met you, Marcus. This is my first year there, and and just really dove in and and uh, gotten our team to. We've won an A10 championship. Uh, we've got a really good team coming back next year. We graduated um, Kendra Wilkin this year, an integral player for us, but uh, come back with a lot of talent. Super excited, great staff, and I love where I'm at. So my path is a little different than others because someone took a chance on a young kid at a young age, and you know what it's like in this profession too, Marcus, where it's. It's sometimes not what you know, but who you know. And I was very fortunate. And and as a mother and a wife and a teacher and a coach, it's it's imperative that people know that you can do all of that. And as a female, my job is to also foster female leadership and develop the next person to take my job at some point when when I'm done. You know, and um, I love what I do. I love my team. I still coach the same way I did when I first when I first started. I obviously didn't know anything, and I had to learn. But you just can't change who you are in this profession. So that's a long introduction, but I've been doing this for 35 years, so it takes a long time. <laughs> no, that's why I asked you, because I really wanted to, I would not have been able to give do you justice explaining all the success that you've had and your success at different levels, small schools, big schools, where all you've been. And so that's, that's an awesome introduction. So within that success, um, one thing that I've, I've kind of learned throughout my coaching, and I kind of kind of wanted to ask you is when you're out looking at a player and we're talking about just a, uh, the physical attributes or what makes up a player, you know, do you kind of lean more towards in my, in my younger days, I thought athleticism was everything. Yeah. And then I saw a couple final fours ago. I really, I saw Texas tech, uh, the, the men's final four, Texas tech. Um, I saw um, Virginia. Now Virginia had like a couple athletes, but they just had like three other really tough guys. Texas tech wasn't overly athletic. They have the Culver kid and like the shot blocker, but the other three were just tough IQ guys. So do you, when you're recruiting, do you have a preference towards athleticism or IQ or uh, being tough or having like the skilled European type or having a lot of speed and quickness or a lot of length or does any of that matter? Or, or how do you evaluate players when you're yeah, trying to I, be I think a it's a great question. I mean, and recruiting is daily. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing this Well, you, every day of the year you're doing this because Great players make great coaches, make great ADs, make great presidents. That's that's uh, my my AD told me that. So, you know, you gotta have you gotta have the horses and and you know I I want the right players. You know, and I'm big on character. I'm big on academics. I'm big on um, the right fit. I mean, we play a certain style. We play pack line defense. We don't get out and deny. We 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 pressure the ball. But if you're not pressuring the basketball, you're in help. And it's a very servant mentality. Um, offensively, we run a lot of motion. And it's not one person, so we're not blocker mover. We're not, like, set into it, one set offense. You know, and I, I've tried to develop, you know, my philosophy with the players that you have. Then you, then you fill in the pieces. You know, the game of women's basketball has changed for the better from when I played to now. You know, there was very much you had a post. You were five. You were a post. You were a forward. You were, you were a slasher. You know, you're, you're the point guard. And, you know, you're the shooter. Well, to me – I, I, I want everybody to be able to shoot the ball, you know, yeah. and, you know, athleticism, you got to have people that can get off the bounce. And I'm too old to try to have to, you know, teach manners and things like that. I mean, kids need to come in knowing that um, we're a family. You're a part of the family. You are not the show. It, it's not about you. It's about all of us. 
Um, so that piece of it, they got to be able to shoot the ball. I like fundamental. I, I love IQ, but it's hard. It's hard to watch even a high school game and an AU game at times to wonder if they have a motor like you think they do. And then to get there and like, where's, where, where are you? You know, so it's, it's very puzzling. I think kids, I mean, as they, you know, hear coaches, like what are coaches looking for? You know, well, well I have all that, you know, and, and well, everybody's got room to improve. So I think to answer your question, you have a combination. You got to plug the right people into the puzzle. Like if, if you can't, if our three point shooting is down, you need to go out and get a shooter. You know, if you are all shooters and you can't, get into the lane and get by somebody and drive and kick it, then you've got to get some people that can get off the bounce. I'm a big believer in a combination. You know, I, I like our team right now in terms of what we have. We've got a great point guard. We've got a great backup point guard. But that backup point guard can play with my point guard because my point guard can shoot the three now. You know, you look at a Brooke Flowers who can really run the floor and block shots, has tremendous athleticism and is good um, – inside but also can turn and facing it by people we've got the leading rebounder in the league and miriama smith traore she led the a10 in rebounding this year that if we can get her in to be a score and a double double kid gives you another dimension so to me it's about the pieces you fit the pieces in what you have and i'm a bit i don't coach effort if you're not gonna i'm not gonna coach attitude and effort that's not that's not some, that's something that's expected. So we, you look at that. You try to look, does that kid go hard when their shot's not going in? Does that kid yell at the referees or when you pick up the phone, you call them, it's all about the coach's fault. So, you know, we, you got to have a connection. It's in today's world too, Marcus, you know, even in what you do. And I, you know, praise the Lord for people like you, for what you do for so many people. It, it it's, it's not about you. It's about giving back. It's about, you know, sacrificing yourself for the team and, and those are the kind of kids we try to recruit. Yeah, well, that, that was going to be my next question, but you kind of answered that. Like, yes, I totally agree with you. You, got it. you can't have all shooters. You got to have somebody who can penetrate and draw to and kick it out to the shooter. You need all those pieces. And, you know, but also I think it's really important for people to understand when you're building that team, you're also building the culture. And so you hit on a lot of other things in terms of putting others before, your help, before yourself, um, being a servant to others. Um, when your shot isn't falling, are you like when you're out recruiting, you're actually watching that when that player comes out the game, do they mope off the court? Do they sprint to the court? Do they, when, when they're on the side and their teammates are scoring, are they over there pouting or are they getting up? All that builds a culture of a locker room. And like you said, you don't have time to be coaching and teaching manners and effort. Those things have to come with it. So um, that's all part of team building. And so that's awesome. So um, I think one of the things that us fans, basketball fans are kind of wondering is, the season ended so abruptly, um, and, you know, we were getting ready for the NCAA tournament and, and all this and that, then all of a sudden it's canceled. And so having the season being canceled like that, um, as players and coaches, what was, what was that, end, you know, you always have that end of the season meeting. What was that meeting like? And, you know, take, kind of take us through how that felt as a team, as being in it. Well, you know, you have an empty feeling because we, we, would be, we would have been in the WNIT. We'd been playing postseason. We, we had 19 wins. You know, we were semifinals of the A-10 tournament. Again, we got beat by the host team. Dayton hosted the A-10 tournament, so we had to play the team that hadn't lost a game in the A-10 in the semifinal, and they ended up winning the league. So they're a team that, that we're a one-bid league. One team's going to the NCAA tournament. The rest, uh, there's a few of us going to NIT. And our team, my team, as young as we were with 10 freshmen and sophomores, needed to play postseason. So this is out of our control. So yeah. the, the, the disappointment is that, we earned that, yet 
now we earn the what we earn now is is this time to get better so we're now doing individual meetings via all of this you know virtual and zoom and you know stay at home responsibilities and talking to our players about this effect what COVID-19 is going to have on all of basketball NBA um, NFL or any sport really but if you stay with basketball college basketball high school basketball AAU who knows because right now April and May our spring recruiting is canceled what's going to happen do we get to go out in July you know back to evaluation but what I'm telling our players it's now it's right now in this gap time we send them workouts we're doing virtual all that stuff and they're going to class and you know they've got workouts and expectations and so forth and they've got to find an outdoor court go to a park if they can or you got to be creative but this is the time because it's going to have an effect on all basketball. You know, there's, where's the NBA playoffs? We're all looking to watch, you know, I'm a Bucks fan. So, you know, I, I, I want to watch Giannis. I want him, want them, the Bucks to win the NBA championship. And, you know, it's just not happening right now. And the first, you can get frustrated, mad about it. Or you can stay positive. So the yeah. po I'm poly positive, you know, that Marcus, yeah. I'm a motivator. And I want our kids to say, listen, we need to get ahead of those other teams. So right now when they're watching Netflix till four o'clock, we're getting after it. We're working out. We're getting ready. We're staying positive. We're meeting with each player to say, listen, this ABC. And if you don't want to do ABC, it's okay. You don't have to be here because we have high expectations next year. And right now we're usually face-to-face. -face. We're working on skill development. We're working on stuff. Then they take a little break, come back for summer. You know, summer workouts are so huge that we may not have them. So you can get mad and pout about it, or you can do something about it. And we're taking the high road and trying to get better during this time. So when you see the effects, and you had mentioned the recruiting piece, like how are we going to know how good a kid is? And fortunately, we've done our work early. Uh, we're, our 21 class is nearly finished. Uh, we're really good. And right before the, the shutdown went, I got in a couple homes. So I got home visits in, and, and then all of a sudden you can't. And I'm like, Nobody, I think we were the only ones. So maybe we got ahead of the game that way. But, um, you know, our kids want to play. And I love that. Uh, they, they're, I've got a group that they're basketball players. They're thirsty for more. They know that, you know, we were that close this year. You know, we only had one bad loss, in my opinion, for the year. Had a tough loss at Rhode Island. But uh, outside of that, you know, we had five more wins than last year. We, we just progressively get better. But now it's like, okay, improvement's good, but we, we want more. We just want so much more. And to, to garner that goal, you got to do it now in tougher situations. Yeah. Do you see this impacting the game next year in terms of players not being able to have that summer development and coaches not being able to recruit and evaluate the way they normally would? Well, I, actually, I feel bad for the kids. I really do. I really feel bad for the student athletes that are trying to be, you know, they're, 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 some of them have done their work early. Others haven't. They ha they're not fortunate enough to be able to just take 10 unofficial visits. Financially, they just can't afford that. So they need to wait for official visits. And that, I don't, who knows what, what that's, what's going to happen there. Are they going to move that up and let kids take official visits just so they can, you know, they need to be on campus. They're not going to commit without ever getting on campus. So I think the NCAA's got their hands full in this. And it, it, I, I feel bad for the kids. I really do. We'll figure it out. Our coaches will figure it out. I, yeah. I worry more. I, I, I just worry about them. And, you know, we're fortunate, even our youngers, 22s and 23s, that we have weekly call. I mean, they, they, we can't call them, but they can call us. And we're a lot of videos going out right now. You can just imagine. I mean, we're being inundated. And I like to sit on the court, court level and watch their legs move around. I mean, video is, is good but you want to see it live and you want to meet kids and it's about relationships. Right now we can't have anybody on campus because we 
We can't leave our home. So it, it's going to have an effect and it's going to make recruiting very interesting. And like right now, there's kids we need to see. It's almost like, it feels like international recruiting because you can't just jump in a plane tomorrow and fly to Spain and watch a kid in Spain, particularly now, but anytime without, without the shutdowns, that's kind of what it feels like to me. So you rely on a lot. And if you're that, if you're feeling good about what you see on video, you got to figure out a way then to go see them. So um, it, it's going to be very interesting. Yes, it yeah. is. So I think, uh, I think it's going to add some urgency next year. It's almost like once you, you know, for all of us who are used to watching sports center, it's like, we're used to it. We used to be able to go and work out and call your friend up and let's go get some shots up. And to have that taken away from you so abruptly, I think it's going to add a lot of ammunition next year. You're going to see the players who really love the game because they're going to be hungrier. They're going to see that the opportunity was taken away from them. Um, and so I hope, that, like you said, the coaches are going to figure it out. There's people like you that's been around for a long time, and I hope that it adds some urgency. I know every coach is going to say, do you remember what it felt like just a few months ago not being able to play? Yeah. And so um, that's cool. So I kind of want to finish up with next year's team. And so, you know, this year you had three players with all-conference honors. One of them, as you mentioned before, uh, Rachel Kent. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Rachel, Rachel Kent is, was a f- all-freshman team, and you have a first-team all-conference player returning, and you lost – uh, Kendra Wilkins. So you have some talent coming back. What what are some, you said, you know, your expectations are high, but what are your thoughts on next year's team? I just, I, I, I love them. I'm super excited. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm wound up, you know, I want to, I want to, I want, I, I miss them, you know, and you see them on all these zoom things with 12 of them on there. And I'm always the one last one on because I'm trying to figure it out and they laugh every time, but that's okay. That's, that's part of it. Um, Kaija Harbison is, is a unbelievable point guard. She is, She's a kind of a little silent assassin in a way. She's super quiet. I, the challenge I have for her is that she's got to be more of a vocal leader, but Kaija can play. She, her last game, it was at, at Dayton in the A-10 tournament. She, she looked and played like a, like a player of the year candidate, in my opinion. She's first team all league. Um, she was all freshman player of the year last year. So a lot of times going into your sophomore year, you have that sophomore slump, and she did not let that happen. Um, you know, she, she wasn't a secret and that's what I tell Rachel now because people are going to be on you. You're not a secret anymore. Yep. So Kaija, that's our leader. You got a great point guard back. Rachel Kent, um, unbelievable shooter, just a knockdown shooter. She's got to learn ways now. Um, people are running her off the arc, so they got to work. She's got to work on separation. She's got to work on slipping. She's got to work on getting free and then add mid range into the rim. So um, they're, they want that, they know that. And, uh, you know, those two in particular, I know they're in gyms and finding, you know, Rachel's up in Chicago with gloves on out shooting baskets. So, um, and Kai just got available to a gym, but it's, I, you know, those are your, those are your two obviously leaders. Um, Miriam Smith, Trey already led the eight ten in rebounding. She is. And again, I, I said it to her yesterday in her meeting, she's the best rebounder I've ever coached hands down. Wow. Wow. Unreal. She has got a nose for the ball. But she's, and I think she, she is capable of that same thing on the other end. Um, and that her offensive confidence will be different. She's talked about a different mindset coming in, in terms of that end of the floor. But that's a, that's going to be a fun thing to watch. You know, she yeah. transferred us from Marquette and she had sat out most of that year and then her transfer year. So when you sit out for really two years, it's really your first year playing, there's going to be some, some adjustments. So that's exciting. Brooke Flowers, local kid, uh, Long and lean had a really really good freshman year and and just had a little just a, a just a dip a little bit in her sophomore year but I'm excited Brooke is Brooke is uh, you know back to herself I thought she finished very strong her last five games she really can run the floor um, and our players have to they just have to know who they are you know and and try not to be somebody different than you are 
on the other hand, get better at your the things that you're weak at. Um, so, you know, and then Kendra Wilkin, we lost. Kendra was a newcomer of the year. I'm sorry, most improved player um, in the league. And she's a kid that as a freshman wanted to quit, didn't like it. Sophomore year, didn't play a lot, complained. Junior year, um, played a little more, but could only play three minutes at a time because she was out of shape. To this year, she coming in, I didn't think she'd start. And she was our, she anchored us offensively, defensively down low. And uh, probably one of the most proud I've been of a player again in my career too. And that's a lot. I've done this a long time. And Kendra went from, from one level to the next. And actually having a player like that on your team, she can help other players that are like, that not everybody gets to play. So in our, in our game, it's just, it's just not fair. We're working through some of that stuff. Um, but I, and Jada Stewart became eligible at semester. She's a local kid as well. She transferred from Houston, um, had signed with Minnesota, uh, went to uh, Houston's and uh, didn't play, but had to sit out a semester and got eligible against when we played Princeton and Kansas in two big tilts uh, in December. Uh, Jada's super, super skilled, but needs a big summer. Um, and it's hard because we can't work with her, but she's a baller. She's very talented and, and knows that if she matches Will with skill, she gives us an unbelievable threat on the outside, but, um, and another guard. But I, you know, and Julia Martinez, a freshman, came in off the bench. She's a very great vocal leader for us. Um, I just, I, I feel really good about, you know, I can go through the whole team. And Maya Clark was a starter for us. And, and uh, Chloe Rice, a shooter. Lauren Hughes, just talked to her in her meeting the other day. Lowell be a senior already, bless her heart. And she's a kid that, you know, went from a little to a little more to a little bit more this year. And I'm like, why not next year, you know? So it's that time to motivate kids to do better. And our freshman class coming in is very, 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 very good. Um, two guards, two posts. And uh, so, you know, you graduate Kendra and Hannah Dossett was a, a senior for us, but, but was injured all year that we have a, a, a chance because we have the right pieces. But you know Marcus as well as I do. And I, you can coach women, but because we're sensitive beings, we are. Um, that if people can understand that they accept their role and we do this together as a team, it could be pretty special. Uh, I, and I, I just, I look at Travis's team and my team, we, we're very similar in terms of both teams have really good kids on their team and we both have good staffs. And, and uh, my goal, a, a dream of ours would be to see both Travis and Lisa's teams, the men's and women's team, be on that bracket next year with no Corona-19 around. I think that's a very real possibility because both of you guys have a very bright future. And as you talked about earlier, when I was talking about building a team, you're talking about pieces and having a solid point guard, you know, guards, in my opinion, guards win. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to have a solid point guard and you have a shooter and for you to say, this is the best rebounder you've ever coached. As long as you've been doing it, that says a lot. So, I mean, those three pieces right there, rebounding, shooting, ball handling, creating for others. And then you have, like you said, the roles to complement it. I think that you guys have a chance to be really special next year, but that's why we play the game. That's and right. hopefully we will get past this, you know, uh, this time of COVID-19 and be able to play the game. And so just want to thank you again for coming on because people don't realize how busy head coaches are. You're in meetings, you're doing planning and all that. And so I appreciate the time that you've given us and it's been good to catch up with you, coach. You too, Marcus. Thanks for all you do as well. I really appreciate you and what you do. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Coach Stone, for coming on and joining the podcast. Always good to catch up with you. And it was really good to get some, some really informative knowledge from a high-level coach. And uh, just, again, good luck to you and SLU uh, basketball next season. And so I really kind of want to double down on some of the things she talked about, about what are you doing with your time right now? 
I think that when we come back from this, you're really going to be able to see who the real pros are and who aren't. You know, there's going to be people coming back from this out of shape. Um, there's going to be people still at the top of their game. And so for you, you know, I would just ask, like, what are you doing with your time? Uh, you, Some people are still working, and so maybe things haven't changed very much. But for the people that their kids are at home, are you spending more time with your kids? Are you being more intentional about that? If you're furloughed right now, you know, what are you doing to increase your skill set so when you come back you're better than what you were when you when you left off for example you know i know some people that don't have great computer skills and uh i know for at, at least on most public libraries there's things on online for free where you can take computer classes i'm starting to take a language class and some of the things like that so what are some of the things you're doing to improve yourself because we all know time flies and if you come back from this time where you had all this time to really invest in yourself and you're still the same person as you were before, that's a real tragedy to yourself and you're not doing yourself justice. So, you know, there, there aren't a lot of plans. And even for some of the athletes out there, you know, I got to ask you, like, what are you doing? Are you doing uh, how many pushups and sit-ups are you doing a day? Are you getting outside and jump roping? When we interviewed Dwayne Evans the other day, he said he had some elastic bands and was working out in the house on that. You know, if, maybe go to the park. I know kids don't go to the park anymore. Go to the park and get up some shots. If you really don't want to leave, the house and really stay at home, stay at home during this quarantine. Maybe you're not getting up shots, but at least you're doing something to stay in shape and working on your game. This should not be used as an excuse to, oh, that's why I wasn't able to work out. You know, make sure that you're staying on top of yourself because really, what are our plans? I'm just in the, in the words of Lil John, all we can do is go from the window to the wall. You know, I mean, we can't even leave. And so do something within the windows and the walls to make yourself better, right? Because we all want to be great. And greatness is in the details, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a blast. We'll be back with more people coming up soon. But until then, stay safe, wash your hands, and peace.